A business owner does not need to become the accountant or financial wizard, mm -hmm. but they need to know the numbers. So they either need someone on their team or they need to be savvy enough to at least know the basics. And on top of that, like cash, they're going to manage cash. Everyone, if you're doing one deal, if you're a solopreneur, an entrepreneur, manage a big business, cash flows through your hands. Yep. That's what spoke to me about profit first, because like, no matter what, you're going to manage the cash, whether it's sucky management of, I'm just going to not look at it. And if I have a lot of money, I'm going to spend it. And if I don't, I'm going to be frugal. Like most people yep. manage their bank account. Their one big bank account that they have, it's called the black hole account. Like once it's in there, it's gone. Hey, what's up? It's Marcus Maloney, the host of the We Love Equity Real Estate Show. And today we have a very, very, very refreshing episode that I want you to listen to. So I want you to be attentive. I want you to be astute. If you're doing something else, just please kind of do it, but still kind of focus on this episode. We have David Richter that will be on today and we'll be talking about profit first. So setting up your business and everything like that. So you're successful down the line. Don't forget, okay, that we have the Wholesale Equity Learning Lab. We have the Deal Finders Club that is starting June 1st. So by the time you hear this episode, we would have started, we will probably be four weeks in already, but you can still be a part of the Deal Finders Club. It's 10 weeks of real estate intensive. You know, you'll learn how to find off-market deals. You'll learn how to find deals and virtual markets. And then we have a very special guest. I have my partner, Mike Delpreet, and then we'll have Brandon Simmons doing some of the fulfillment on our creative finance section. So if you have low to no money trying to get into real estate, we can definitely help you. If you have money, you're looking for new deals, we can definitely help you. If you're still curious about real estate, feel free Go to my YouTube channel, which is MRCS Maloney, which you can go to my website, MarcusEMaloney.com. Click on a link. You'll see all of the YouTube videos, the podcast. Thank you so much for being listeners. So let's jump right into this episode with David Richter. You're listening to the We Love Equity Real Estate Show, a podcast that discusses the intricacies of real estate investing with your host, Marcus E. Maloney. Marcus is a real estate investor best known for being the equity king. He's been awarded that moniker because he and his team find amazing real estate deals. He will be talking with investors who have done some transformational things in the real estate industry. They'll discuss their process, their strategies, and how their investments transform their lives and the communities they invest in. We welcome you to the We Love Equity Real Estate Show. We Love Equity Show is brought to you by Azria, widely recognized as an outstanding resource for real estate investors with exceptional education, networking, and support, along with profit-enhancing benefits and all aspects of real estate investing. Visit Azria at www.azria.org. That's visit Azria at www.azria.org. Hey, welcome to another episode of the We Love Equity Real Estate Show. I am your host, your boy, Marcus Maloney, and I'm so glad to be with you here again on today. You know what? There's quite a few things that's going on in my world and in my cipher, and I just want to let you know, but before we jump into this ep episode, go to MarcusEMaloney.com, get your 15-minute free consultation, or you know what? You can download your free wholesale purchase contract right there so you can get off to a good start. And 
if you want, we also have mentorship. You can go to azdfc.com. But for now, let's jump right into this episode with David Richter. David hails from Hammond, Indiana, but he's in the Orlando, Florida market. And we were just talking before air. I know the Hammond, Indiana area very well. It's a sub-market of Chicago, pretty much. Some Indiana's Hoosiers don't like to say that, but (laughs) it is a sub-market. But uh, I have David Richter here today, and David is the owner of Simple CFO. And we're going to be talking about, you know, how to really dig into your numbers and know exactly what your profit and loss margin is and how your business is truly operating. So if you're a solopreneur, this is good for you. If you are an entrepreneur, this is good for you. If you're working with, you know, a huge company, this is also good for you. So David, man, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Marcus. Happy to be here. Good, 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 man. I, I know I didn't do your bio any justice, man. So give us some history. Give us your bio. That way people yeah. know exactly who they're listening to. So in that market outside of Chicago where I grew up, you know, I got I cut my teeth young. I, you know, in college read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, then hooked up with a real estate investing company that was doing about five wholesale deals a month. And we scaled that to about 25 deals a month between wholesale turnkey, fix and flip, you know, seller finance, anything that you can think of in the residential side, we were doing as an investment company, had a bunch of rentals and a portfolio. So I got a lot of experience there. That was a fun time working there. And I got to see all the different things, marketing, acquisitions, dispositions, you know, the finance seat, you know, the transaction coordination. So I got to see a lot of the different moving parts too and get, you know, actually get, I felt like that was a better education at college. Like I got to be in the front lines here doing a lot of deals, but I sat in the finance seat in the last year that I was there and we were doing 25 deals a month, but spending 26 worth. And that sucked. Cause it was yeah. like, I was on the leadership team. Like the owner wasn't being able to get a pay raise. Like no one was getting the bonuses, like all this stuff. It's like, why can't we do it? It's like, well, we have too much going out and not enough coming in. I'm yeah. like, what yeah. the heck? Like, why did we scale it to so big? Cause everyone thinks the answer is scale, scale, scale. And we were living proof that scale is not always the answer because we had scaled at five X, you know, from five deals to 25 deals. And so that was also a big education for me because I learned in that finance seat, like all the numbers, like where, what does the PL, how do I read that? The profit and loss, the balance sheet, the cash flow statement. Like, mm-hmm. and I sat down with the CPA and I'm like, what tell me everything? I want to know. That's what opened my eyes to like the language of the numbers in the business. And then I was like, well, no wonder why most people don't want to do this. That that took a long time to sit through all that stuff and to really yep. understand what was going on. And I'm like, okay, there's got to be a, a simpler way. But uh, hopefully, you know, like people can just at least get the basic understanding. But that's where about five years into that, I moved from the Northwest Indiana area to the Virginia market and started working with an investor there. And the first thing I asked him was like, show me your numbers. Like your numbers aren't mm-hmm. going to lie. You could tell me your business is doing great, but I want to see behind the scenes. If we're going to be partnering up, working together, like, let me see it. And he opened it up and it was like most real estate investors. It was a mess. Had yep. a bookkeeper, but they weren't real estate investing bookkeepers. So they had no idea how to categorize things, no idea where to put certain things. They were always late and behind. I'm like, dude, we got to clean this up first. We got to get this mess under control because this is like the foundation of your story. Like your numbers tell your story. And like, we can't get a picture if we're going to be having a great story or a horrible one. So then I told him like, let's clean this up. Let's get it in order. 
So I helped clean that up, get it in to just where he just had basic numbers. Like how much do I make, spend and keep in a month? Like just very basic things. And then he told me like, after that process, he said, wow, this has been life changing because now I see the numbers. I am able to act on them. He was able to find all the money he had lost. I'm saying that in air quotes because it's like he would always be asking, where's my cash? Where's my cash? Yep. But now he knew. Now he knew it was tied up in his small portfolio. Like he had poured a lot more money in versus the money he had gotten back from lenders or banks or anything like that. And he was super under leverage. And he was like, well, I don't mind leverage. I'd rather have some more cash to go do some more deals right now. Mm-hmm. And he, so he pulled some money out and I'm like, okay. After he told me this has been life changing, I said, I need to help more people because I think we weren't the only ones because I was going to events and masterminds and things like that, especially when we were doing like the 25 deals a month back in the day. And it was the same thing at those events. They'd be stand up on stage like, oh, we're doing $2 million or we're a seven figure company now. But then at the bar, they're crying because they're about bankrupt and going out of cash, you know, running out of cash. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? So I I knew it was an epidemic. I knew there was a problem. Mm -hmm. And I knew that clarity was like the first portion just to get their feet back under them to say, what decisions do we need to make? So that's where I started Simple CFO to just give people financial clarity. Like, let me help you get the numbers in order. Like, let me do this. That's how it started. Then it rolled into what it is today, which a mentor of mine called me when I first started Simple CFO and he said, have you read the book Profit First? I'm not, I'm like, no, what's that? He's like, it's a cash flow book. You're going to love it. So I sat down, read the book in one evening, took 10 pages of notes and said, this book is a great framework for the entrepreneur, the yep. solopreneur, the investor, whoever, to be able to sit down and say, where's my cash and how can I keep more of it? So that's what drove me to profit first because I know I look like the numbers guy and I should be all into it, but like, I am an entrepreneur at heart. So I love the actual going out, doing the deals, that type of stuff. But that's where this book spoke to me even. And I'm like, okay, I, this is a book I could actually sit through even though it was totally financially based. Yep. So then from there, I started implementing Profit First and Simple CFO, and that's where about a year into it, seeing it work and people knowing where their money's going and going from out of business to having cash reserves, I reached out to the original author, Mike McCowitz, and said, I'd like to write the real estate version because this system is great, but that you've built, but like real estate's its own monster and its own animal mm-hmm. and it needs some, you know, I get these questions all the time and I'd like to put it in book form. So that's how I got the book deal with Mike McCowitz and he let me write profit first for real estate investing. I bought the intellectual property from him. So that's kind of an overview of my okay. background and to where we are today, serving over 120 real estate investors, have 30 CFOs on the team. Like lots of people struggle with their finances. They don't talk about that at the networking events, True. but I get to hear the sob stories behind the scene, like of like, okay, here's what's really going on. Can you help? It's like, yes, yeah, we can dig you out of this mess. We can help you get out of this and get you to where you need to be. But that's where we are today. So let me ask you this, David, because yeah, for sure. being an entrepreneur plus being a numbers guy, sometimes that's oxymoronic, right? Because yeah, a lot totally. of the, a lot of the entrepreneurs is go, 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 go. We'll worry about the numbers later. So how yeah. did you find that balance between still going, still doing deals and making sure you look at, you know, your balance sheets, your PL, everything like that to make sure that you are hitting those key metrics? Well, I think that's a huge misconception that the hustle culture pushes on us is that it's just all go, 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 scale, scale, scale all the time without looking where you are and making sure that you're not going out of business where the real business people that I see that are in business a long time care about the numbers too. Yep. Even though that a lot of people, I will be very honest, even those people, 
that aren't the numbers people, but the entrepreneurs, but they have good numbers, they still don't like the finance side. Mm -hmm. Usually they still don't, but they know that it's important and it's important that I need specific numbers to make certain decisions. So once you, what really turned the corner for me personally was when I was in that financing and I'm like, oh my gosh, I now understand. It was like learning a new language. Like, oh man, I just heard someone say something. Now I'm picking up on it. It was the same thing in the business. I could look at the reports and be like, this is what the business is trying to tell me. Like it's gasping for air. And, you know, like now I can interpret that. And like, here, I need to get it some water real quick, you know, or like I Mm -hmm. need to take the the hand off its neck because we're choking it to death because of all the stuff we're doing. It's like that to me was more exciting because- Okay, now that I'm on this side of the fence and helping so many people on the financial side, the first thing that banks ask is like, let me see your numbers. Numbers. Like yeah. when you go in there, like they don't care about you or anything else. They care about what deals are you doing? How does your PL look? How's your balance sheet? Do you have cash reserves? Do you not? Same thing with a lot of private lenders that are actually good private lenders. They'll be like, How are you doing financially? Like, I need to know that this money's going to be taken care of. Cause if you're in the real estate game and you're doing fixing and flipping and taking private money, like they want you to make sure that you're a very savvy business owner. So I feel like it's going from the entrepreneur hustle grind mode to thinking like a business owner and a business owner does not need to become the accountant or financial wizard, mm-hmm. but they need to know the numbers. So they either need someone on their team or they need to be savvy enough to at least know the basics. And on top of that, like cash, they're going to manage cash. Everyone, if you're doing one deal, if you're a solopreneur, an entrepreneur, manage a big business, cash flows through your hands. Yep. That's what spoke to me about profit first, because like no matter what, you're going to manage the cash, whether it's sucky management of like, I'm just going to not look at it. And if I have a lot of money, I'm going to spend it. And if I don't, I'm going to be frugal like most people yep. manage their bank account, their one big bank account that they have. It's I call it the black hole account. You know, like once it's in there, it's gone. And that's yep. where it's like a lot. Lot of people manage it like that. So to me, that's how I bridge that gap of seeing how important the financial side was. I had so many people when I first started Simple CFO saying like, I don't know, do you think you're going to be able, is this going to be something that people are going to want or need? Or like, are you going to be able to market this? Cause it's not sexy, like marketing or sales. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I believe with my background of real estate investing, doing the deals and being able to see the transformation we made and like the transformation that other people are making, I can make it very much appealing that you not only need to do the deals, you need to keep the Dane money. If you're going to work so Dane hard, the, you know, like to be able to keep it as well too. So that's where the, a lot of people were like, are you like the question you just asked, how are you going to be able to bridge that gap between entrepreneur and the financial science? Like, well, you got to make it simple. You got to make it applicable. Like, how does this actually impact me on the day to day? And do I get to keep more money? Like, do I get to keep more money that I'm actually making? So that way I, I get the financial freedom that I'm looking for. Everyone, everyone. Come on. If you're an entrepreneur, that's why you started your business for financial freedom. And you say, well, no, it's for this, that, the other. It's like, well, no, that all ties into you want the freedom from the finances to accomplish whatever trips, vacations, you know, cars, money, all the different stuff takes the financial freedom. So it's like, but people don't get there because they don't know what that looks like on the daily basis of, okay, a deal comes in or a closing happens, or I make a sale. What do I do with those dollars to make sure I'm maximizing them for today, tomorrow, and that I'm actually profitable right now? So that's how I bridge that gap. And one of the things that, especially 
you know, deal finders and wholesalers and fixing flippers, the first thing that they look at is, okay, I got this pot of money. Let me put that back into marketing so I can get another yeah. deal and get more deals. And they, that's yeah. all they look at it. They look at, you know, I got to keep my marketing machine going, which is true yeah. because if you don't totally. have marketing, you don't have a deal flow. But like you said, if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. So I'm a strong proponent of digging into the numbers. I don't like it, but I do like it. You know, that's why I asked right. about that yeah. bridging that gap. I don't like it because it's time consuming, it's tedious, but then I do like it because you get that epiphany and you say, aha, okay, I see where the leakage is. I see where we're missing the boat here or where we're doing here. And like one of the things that I was telling you before we got on, I was like, yeah, we were doing, we were doing good. You know, we was doing quite a few deals, but by the time I started looking at the number of hours that I was working, the compared to the amount of money that I was keeping in my own pocket, it was like, I was, I was making 20, 25 bucks an hour. And I was like, okay, yeah. this is not worth it. You know, this is not financial freedom. <laughs> you know, this, right? is, yeah. this is not what I got into this for, you know? And then I really started, started focusing on the passive income side, because like you said, it's very true. Everybody get into real estate for one thing. And that's the financial freedom. I don't care what anybody say. They may say, Hey, you know what? I want to do it for my kids college tuition that's great but you would rather sit on the beach and be able to pay your kids college tuition than work you know as an engineer and pay your college kids college tuition so it's all like you said david about that financial freedom man and that's what right that's what we're all striving to do yeah so many people are in reach of it but never grasp it because they know they don't even know like there's so many people that have hang-ups around money too they could even have the money there that and it's theirs, but they don't know it's theirs. They don't know they actually have some financial freedom right now today. Like they're mm -hmm. scared to take money out. They don't know what to do with it. And like you said, they just want to reinvest everything because that's what's touted and that's what feels right. Like, shouldn't I just reinvest and make the business bigger, better? And it's like, wait a second, true reinvesting means do I need to reinvest? Yes, in marketing, that should be a question, but also in myself, Self, in the team, yeah. in operations, you know, and like making sure that reinvesting doesn't just mean bigger and you know scale 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 because at yeah. that like i'm a like i said i'm a very good testimony that scale 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 does not solve all problems that's very very true and i was with a group and that's that was the main thing that we focused on was scale we got to go big go big or go home and then by the time you look at it yeah you're going big but you're creating a bunch of headaches and you're not generating any additional revenue by the time you look at the PL. So, yeah. I mean, very, very true. I believe what you have here, David, is, you know, an epiphany that you're showing a lot of real estate investors. And that's the reason why I wanted to have you on. So let me ask you this. You talked about investors not being able to pay themselves, don't know, you know, yeah. if the money should go to them or not. One of the big problems that investors have is being bankable and being not bankable, right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, we run everything through 1099, you know, we don't want W2s, things like that. But a lot of times you need those W2s in order to purchase, you know, larger assets, passive income properties, things like that. Have you seen a dichotomy between that aha moment with some investors where they say, okay, you know what? I can't put myself on a salary as a W2 employee versus just everything running to a 1099. Yeah. I mean, that's a, 
number one, a loaded question if they have a bigger team. Because if it <laughs> smells like W-2, the IRS will just completely yep. find you out the wazoo if you have 1099s that are on, you know, they're only, yep. you're, you're their only client and you're only working for them and the business revolves around them. It's like, wait a second. But for you yourself, the owner, like at some point you have to think about how am I going to pay myself consistently? Like I, if you're, if it's day one, you're doing the best case scenario. I think you should pay yourself something from day one. It might not cover your full W2 that you have now, but at least you're getting in the habit of paying yourself something because as you get bigger, that habit, if you don't have that, it's going to be harder to be like, okay, I have to, ch- you know, chunk out of these expenses over here to start paying myself. And it's like, okay, when am I going to do that? But that's where, wherever you are right now, well, yeah, right. Exactly. I'm guilty. If you're I'm guilty, guilty of it. That's what so I, many yeah. people are guilty of it, but that's where we have to make sure. Okay. If I was not a part of this company and I had a CEO in this position, they would not work for free. And it's just like, just because I'm here and I'm not saying at the very beginning, like I said, if you're at the very beginning stages, you won't be able to pay yourself probably what you need in order. Like it's day one, week one, mm-hmm. first deal gets done. But if we get in that habit as we grow, that's where it's like, okay, now we can get into there. But if you're like, hey, I'm already three, four or five years into it. Well, then, okay, right now, if you're only paying yourself random distributions at different times, just because you can, because there's extra money in the account, we have a deeper issue. The deeper issue is we don't know the numbers if we can pay ourselves. That's why so many people don't do it. They just don't have the confidence in their own business and their own numbers to be able to say, okay, I could confidently pay myself a W-2 of this amount. So I at least get this every single week or every single, every other week or whatever, every month to pay myself. So it's like, that's the bigger epidemic that's out there is that most owners just don't know how much are we actually making? What's going out the door? What's left over? Like, what do I have to work with? Because once you have those numbers, then it becomes math. Then it's like, okay, I have this much profit left over. I need to start paying myself. Can I pay myself what I need? If you have $50,000 left over every month and you need to pay yourself 20,000, you can do it. It's like, that's where it's like, okay. But you're but then the investor in you says, well, what if I use that 50K to do more and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait a second. You got in this business to take care of you and your family. When have you, when are you, okay, if you don't start that now, when are you going to start? So it's like, sure. we got to get this into where, okay, if you have that extra, then we could just take from that extra. If you're like, oh shoot, I'm right in the death line already. And like, I'm just barely scraping by. I bring in 50, I send out 50 a month and I'm not paying myself. Then we have a, di- a different issue. It's a spending issue. Like yeah. we have to look at, okay, what are all the dollars going out and what's more important than I am? That's a True. good, that's a, wow. that's a hard, that's a hard wow. question to ask yourself. What's more important on this list that I'm paying for that's more important than me? Because everything I'm paying for and not paying myself isn't more important than I am. You put your money where your mouth is, right? So yeah. if you're not going to pay yourself, then you're saying all that other stuff is more important because we build our business on the hope and pray plan as a business owner that this sacrifice today will hopefully one day in the future pay off. And that is the number one reason why 90% of businesses fail within the first 10 years and 50% within the first five. 
because we don't have a plan to build margin and to make sure that we're okay, that the business is okay, you know, and that the first things come first. The expenses should not come first, which sounds counterproductive. Like I make a sale, I pay my expenses. Well, no, you make a sale, you make sure you're profitable first and that you have some right. margin in there. And then everything else is what's left over to pay that stuff because you have to make sure that you're going to be around for a long time and that you do have a sellable asset in the future. The very thing you're looking for in the future, you're not setting up for yourself today. Like if you're like, okay, one day this will all be worth it. You're not setting yourself up for that currently. Like if you're just living deal to deal and like, oh my gosh, can I pay myself? Can I not? It's like, wait a second. We have so many, our priorities are not where they should be. So that yeah. way we need to get them in line. So that's where a lot of people, that W-2 thing or like, should I pay myself salary? Should I do that type of stuff? It's more like, what are we putting before us? And is that really more important than us being secure? And like, so that our partner or significant other stops asking, when can we buy groceries? When can we go out to eat? When mm -hmm. can we fill up the car with gas? You know, like all the stuff every entrepreneur goes through. Like you just went to that meeting again. Like you've been working 80 hours. When is this going to be worth it? Like, I thought this was going to be better than your W-2 job. You know, like I saw yep. you more then. It's that type of stuff we hear over and over. And it's like, we got to get this under control. You're going to lose your purse. You're not only going to lose out on have less money than working a job. You're also going to lose what you said you're working for. You said you're working for your family, but you're really doing yep. it to them. <laughs> like you're working and that's making them feel insecure and unsafe and like what's going on here. So there you go. There's my rant on if you're not paying yourself, like Man. you're placing everything else above you. And it's like, what's more important than you? In your own business man david those are shots fired man <laughs> those are truly shots fired because that's the classic entrepreneur it's yeah i gotta sacrifice everything in order to get there but then you really don't even know where there is and yeah. then you don't know what you're jeopardizing along that journey to get there so you guys are out there listening you got to make sure you take care of yourself make sure you take care of your family and you do that by making sure you you take care of paying yourself and again i'm guilty of that I, I can truly sit up here and say i'm guilty of that because it's like okay you know what i can reinvest this money in another property which will then increase my cash flow and then build up that cash reserves and then what do you do you take that cash reserves and <laughs> right. go and buy another property and then you do yeah. it all over again so you're on that hamster wheel continuously and you're trying to build something. And then it's like, when you look back and the dust settles, you're like, okay, I done lost my family. I'm not happy. I'm working, you know, a hundred hours a week. You know, I'm not pleased. I may take one vacation. And even when I'm on vacation, I'm thinking about what I got to do when I get back or I'm answering phone calls from this person and that person. So man, this is a gold mine here, David. This is truly a gold mine. And it's not many times that I get on a podcast with somebody and they impress me and they strike a chord with what I'm going through personally and you're definitely hitting that right now man so i'm guilty <laughs> i appreciate that honestly i lived through it you know like i understand because i was there you know it's mm -hmm. like i totally get where you're coming from so i'm not like if you feel like oh man i feel so bad like i'm not doing it. it's like it's okay there's so many people like <laughs> that i was on a call yesterday with a guy and he's telling me you know his sob story and he's like i'm embarrassed to tell you and i'm like he tells me the whole thing i'm like i've heard worse you know, like uh -huh. I've heard worse, number one. And number two, I've heard so many of these stories. And he was like, that's a relief. I'm like, yeah, 
I said 95% of people are in your position. This just does not get talked about at the networking events or the parties or the meetups or Mm -hmm. the masterminds or what that. So it's like, this is where most people live. So I get it. I get where you're living right now. And there is a way out of it. That's why, man, that's why profit first struck with me. And that's why what we do, like we provide a fractional CFO service. And you say like, what the heck is that? It's a part-time leader on your team, like on the financial side. So you know what mm-hmm. the heck's going on because most people have a bookkeeper, most people have a CPA, but they and they need those positions. But those positions don't give you the forward-facing, where are we going? How are right. we making sure we're profitable? So it's like, there was this big hole of like, of course, I don't want to talk to my financial people because they're a bookkeeper or CPA. They're either talking over my head or they're digging me into the weeds. And I I would yeah. rather cut myself in the foot, you know, than yeah. talk yeah. about this stuff. Or like that's where so many people live there and have had bad experiences in the past with their financial people. So it's like you need someone that's there that's helping you get through all that because that's why I'm like, like I said, I understand where you are because I've lived that and I know exactly what you're going through. So let's do this real quick, David. Let's take a brief break, hear a word from our sponsors. And when we come back, let's talk about how we can can correct some of these things. Because sometimes a lot of it is ingrained. So let's hear a brief word from our sponsors and we will be right back. Finding real estate deals can be a challenge. But with Batch Leads, it doesn't have to be. Batch Leads has created a one-stop solution for all your real estate needs. So you can find more sellers, close more deals, and maximize revenue. Batch Leads offers a comprehensive suite of lead generating tools that cover text messaging, skip tracing, finding comps, and much more. Batch Leads help you simplify, manage, and organize all your data in one place. Batch will help you stack your lists and identify properties that appear on multiple lists and have multiple distress indicators. These sellers are likely to be highly motivated and eager to sell. Get the most powerful and complete lead generation platform in the industry. Locate sellers, buyers, and lenders nationwide in seconds. Go to batchlead.io and use promo code WELOVEEQUITY. Are you tired of seeing others becoming successful real estate investors and you just don't know where to start? You see all the Instagram posts of others being successful. You see the Facebook ads guaranteeing instant success. You look at tons of YouTube videos and you even attend seminars just to be tricked into 10, 20, or even $30,000 courses. Well, with the Deal Finders Club, my husband is here to change things for you. Have you said to yourself, I'm deadly afraid to talk to sellers and I have no confidence. I don't know where to find motivated sellers. I don't know where to get a contract from. I don't know how much to offer the seller, let alone where I'm going to get the money from to close the deal. Well, in the Deal Finders Club, Marcus and his partner, Mike, are going to show you how to overcome all those challenges and more. Find out how by going to azdfc.com. That's azdfc.com. We'll see you inside. All right, guys, we are back with David Richter of Simple CFO. And man, if you guys are listening, please have your pen, your pad, your iPad, whatever, and start taking notes because that's exactly what I'm doing because some great things that's hitting home with me personally. So David, what do we do? Because I think a lot of this is psychological, you know, because a lot of entrepreneurs, they want to build, 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 and then say, okay, I finally made it. What are some of the psychological issues that you see that is that is with that? 
or and you know you can grade glaze over it however you want to dig in because i know talking with a lot of cfos you may see a recurring pattern oh yeah well here we go we are not ever trained to be an entrepreneur a real business owner okay when you're born most people unless you are the you were born into the elite of the elite Think like middle class or poor class families that say, let me hear if you let me know if you've, your parents ever said this or an adult in your life has ever said this money doesn't grow on trees. Yep. No, we can't go there. Yep. No, we can't go on vacation. Yep. No, we don't have the money for that. Yep. No, no, no. Like and then they build all these these around money. It's the no game. It's the, we don't have the money. It doesn't grow on trees. It's scarcity mentality right from the beginning that money is this finite resource and that we can't get more mm -hmm. of it. So we view money from that perspective as a young child. And then we grow up and then you might become an entrepreneur and say, yes, I'm going to break out of that. But then most other entrepreneurs are saying it's sales minus expenses equals profit, meaning I make a sale. I pay all my expenses. They're still putting expenses first. There's st yep. still kind of that scarcity mentality. Like I have to do this or I'm going to go out of business. It's like, well, wait, we got to put other priorities if you're not going to. So it's like even there. And if you went to college, like to for a master's or a, a bachelor, you know, degree or whatever, and they were, you know, for a MBA or something like that, they're just teaching you like the fundamentals of business, but not how to be an actual business owner to, True. to go out there to sell, to go out, to do the things you really need to do. So and it's I, like, and it, I can real quick, David, and I yeah. can second that I'm an MBA, you know, and that's one <laughs> of the things that they always taught us was, yes, you have to know your numbers, but it's nothing on sales. It's nothing on, you know, being that entrepreneur. So, yep, I can second that. Sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's fine. So it's like e anywhere we turn, we're not really being taught the full package because then when you become an entrepreneur, it's like the opposite. It's like just all about sales and not about what do we actually do with the dollars? They're in my bank account. How do I make sure that I can keep going? <laughs> that yep. I can yep. that I can actually have financial freedom and not tank the business and make sure that I'm growing how I want to grow and so that's a couple of the things it's not, we're not taught about it. The other psychological thing is we let so many other people dictate our happiness and what we think we should do with our business. You go to these masterminds events and they're like, Hey, we're doing seven figures. And you say, in order for me to fit in, I need to do seven figures. And then you have this number that is based on some other person's goal versus what do you mm -hmm. want for you and your family? Like, what do I really need from there? So that's where it's like, that's also another thing too, is we play the comparison game. That's where, like, I read a book, Crucial Conversations, chapter 10, it's called Retaking Your Pen. Because like when you're born, you're born with your pen in your hand. It's your self-worth. You're writing it. You don't care what anyone thinks, like from zero to five. Then you go to school yep. and then you're like, how do I fit in? What do I wear? What are they wearing? How do I get in that club that I want to get into, or how do I get on the basketball team and be one of the cool guys or cheerleader, whatever, yep. all the things people think. But then we let go of our pen and some acne faced teenagers writing our story now. And it's like, what the heck? I feel horrible. Then you have that teenage angst, right? And you've got yep, like all yep. the stuff that comes with being a teenager. But then it's the same thing in entrepreneur land. You're like, hey, I took back my pen to start my business, but then you go to these events and give up your pen at those events saying I should be doing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Or you listen to someone on a podcast like this where I say 25 deals a month and you say 25 deals a month, I yeah. should do that. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, no, wait a second. You need to do what you need to do. 
What does that mean? Sit down. If you've got a family, sit down with your family, with your significant other and say, what do we need to bring in? What is it that will work for us? That's the first thing I tell people when I go out and speak and I tell people a lot about this and profit first. You need to know your number. What is your keep number? If I'm going to help you know what you make, spend, and keep, the first number we need to work on is what do I need to keep from the business? So that way the business is actually funding me versus you are not Snapchat. You are not Facebook. You are not a venture capital company that is going to get these millions and billions of dollars from investors. You are going to go out there and you're going to have to put food on your table. Mm -hmm. So that's where we have to go out there and say, what does that take to make sure we're okay and I don't have to worry about the money? So that's a constant, like making sure that number's in front of you versus all the other crap you hear about in other places. It's like, I that does not mean you sit back and rest on your laurels. It means you go out there and you do what you are supposed to do. So if you're supposed to be doing 100 deals a month, you should be doing that. But if you're only supposed to be doing two deals a month or one deal or like, you know, 100,000 mm-hmm. versus a million, like you need to do what you were born to do. So that would be the first thing and how to counteract that psychological, you know, like everything that we've got growing up and that's been poured into us. Number one, just find what you need to be able to get from your company and be able to say, okay, what does that translate into deals or what does that translate into sales? And if I pay myself this much, what percent is that of what I bring in? That way, that gives you a good foundation to be able to build the rest of the numbers. And then now you're actually placing yourself as a priority. Now you're actually saying, you know what? I am pretty important here. Even though I'm yep. not, pay- you might not have been paying yourself before. Now it's like, okay, now I'm placing myself as a priority. Number two. So that was the psychological effect. Number two mm-hmm. is like setting up a system to make sure it happens. So that way you can battle all those psychological effects with actual actions and habits. That's why I like Profit First, because so many other books like Robert Kiyosaki's books or Napoleon Hill's books, they're great books. They tell you, you know, like pay yourself first or a portion of all I have is mine to keep or, you know, like making sure first things first. But that's where. There's no system behind it. There's no practical here, step by step. Profit first has those steps by steps to say, here, you need to pay yourself first. Here's how you do it. So that's where I'd pick up that book, dive into that. But it's based around the envelope system that, you know, Dave Ramsey's made that popular, whether you love or hate that personal finance guru. But I like that principle of I know where every dollar is going. Because if you have one big bank account, it's one big black hole where all the money goes in, all the money goes Mm -hmm. out. What's mine? What's other people's? Can I pay myself? Can I not? It's a confusing mess. But using the envelope method, but with bank accounts, because this is the modern day, we're not going to stuff envelopes for our (laughs) business. It's like, let's use bank accounts and name them specifically for the things that matter to us, like profit account or an owner's compensation account, like the owner's keep account. Like, what do we need to keep from the business? So you're filling that up on a regular basis. It's separating out the money so you know where it is. So that way, just like Marcus, like you were saying, a deal comes through. I know I want to purchase it, but if it's in a profit and owner's comp account, I know I'm not touching that money, but I've got money over here to reinvest. So if the deal comes through and I have the money, boom, I can do it, but not touch my money, not touch the business's money. And that's where it's like, gives the clarity to make those types of decisions without hurting you or the business. Cause it's like, we'll still have that buffer. I could still pay myself, but I could still invest in this deal. I could still go out and do these things. And I'm being more financially responsible, which equals more money in my pocket at the end of the day. Like if you treat money, right, money will treat you right. That's where so many people, here's another psychological thing. 
Mm-hmm. So many people think the business that they're in is the game they're playing. Real estate, masterminds, coaching, you know, construction, all the different businesses out there. That is just the vehicle right, to bring right, you to right. your dollars. The real game you're playing is the game of money. Once you realize that you don't understand the rules and you don't know how to play the game is when we wake up and we say, oh, shoot, I've been playing this wrong the whole time. I thought I was doing real estate investing, and that's why I'm living deal to deal versus I don't know what to do with my money. I don't know the rules, and I don't know how to play the actual money game. And that's where most people don't have that in their back pocket to say, okay, I do know what I'm doing here. And even though I might've had a down month, I'm not going out of business because I've played the money game right up until this point. So that way I know that I'm financially stable. So that's where why I like profit first. And if you just set up some bank accounts, if you just set up a profit account and an owner's comp account, like just those first two accounts, that would help you so much just to know I've got money that I should not touch to reinvest back mm-hmm. in the business, but to actually have for myself, to have a buffer and to be able to pay myself what I need to keep. Going back to that point, number one, like find what you need to keep. Number two would be setting up an actual system like that. So then every time you get sales in, it goes into those first two accounts first, like the accounts that are helping you keep more of it. Then you can put it in the rest of the accounts like to grow the business and whatnot. But there's some just practical things that you can do in order to start to just get yourself on the path of more profitability and proper wealth habits and start playing the money game way better than it's being played right now. Man, that's great information there, David. I mean, and I love the steps. You you took it step-by-step what we need to do in order to be profitable, in order to pay yourself, in order to keep those profits and things like that. So man, this is a breath of fresh air. It's refreshing because like you say, we go to all of these different masterminds and we pay 30, 40, $50,000 to be a part of these masterminds. And a lot of times only, only thing you're going to do is to learn how to do what you're already doing a little bit better and to see, okay, who got how many doors, who's doing how many deals. It's a, like you said, a comparison show, but with this, it's like, okay, these are the systems you need to put in place. And this is what you need to do in order to be a better version of you. And in order for your business to be a better version of itself. So man, this is excellent. Excellent. So David, let me ask you this. What's next, man, for you? What's next for Simply Simple CFO? And how can someone get in touch with you if they're ready to make this transition? Yeah, well, like I said, I am focused on this fractional CFO cup because most people don't know how to play the game. We teach people how to play the game and help them play it the money game. Cause that's what we do all day long is like, we're there sitting there saying, okay, you have this much to work with. You have this going out the door. This is how much you're able to keep. Like, how do we make sure that the keep number keeps getting bigger and like not smaller and that you dwindle it down and then you're out of business. So it's like, that's what we do in a nutshell, because most people have that bookkeeper. Like I said, they're going to be doing the day-to-day stuff. The CPA is going to be doing the tax strategy and all that stuff, making sure you're staying out of the orange jumpsuit. CFO comes in to say, here's what I need to do. Here's what you need to do as a business owner to be more profitable and to make sure that your numbers are on track and that we're holding you accountable. Like, Hey, here we go. You need to hire someone. Here's what we could pay them. Here's the expectations. It's like giving you clear direction on how to play the money game is what we're doing and making sure you have someone in your corner. So that's for me, 
like the next thing is just keep growing this because it's been growing exponentially for the last few years because this message has landed with a lot of people because so many people have felt like this in their business. So I just want to keep getting this message out. I have not scratched the surface on just helping people with the profit first message and helping them know like there's a simple system out there. We can get your cash in order. You could go to simplecfo.com to make, try and make it as easy as possible. Yep. So simplecfo.com <laughs> there you can find the podcast, you know, the book, Profit First for Real Estate Investing. You could schedule a call. If you go to simplecfo.com forward slash gift, I'll give you the the full Profit First for Real Estate Investing ebook. You can download it. So that way, I know a lot of people like listening to it or have it there, but I like the ebook too to be able to scrape it, put it in some notes or whatever. But yep. I want to give you that, even though this is a this is a legit book that has sold, oh, I think over 10 or 15,000 copies now. I haven't looked for a few months, but it's like, this is where I'm just trying to get that information out because so many people struggle on the financial side. You need as much help as humanly possible. That's written for entrepreneurs. That doesn't just think of the financial boredom that's out there from everything else. So it's like, get that book, download it, make sure you at least have something there that's going to help you take you to the next step. There you go, David. You have definitely found your genius zone, man. And you're passionate about what you're doing. I mean, you made this podcast so easy. The only thing I had to do was throw out a few questions and let you run with it. And I was receiving a lot of great information and a lot of great content from you. So I want to thank you. And I want to appreciate you for you being on the show and spending this time with the We Love Equity listeners. You all know exactly what to do. Go out there, get the Profit First book, go to David's website, what is it again, David? Simplecfo.com. Simplecfo. Simple, yep. Simplecfo.com. Go there, download that free ebook. That way you can read. If you haven't done a deal, this is a great time for you to get it because now you can start yeah. setting things up before you get way down the road like me and have to go back and backtrack. So David, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Any Instagram handles, any social media handles or anything like that you want to share? So, uh, Instagram, it's RichterScale91 posting on there about profit first stuff like that and then facebook you could just find me there on facebook david richter and i post on there and we do have a profit first for real estate investing facebook group so if you just type that into facebook i do a live there once a week going over different things with the profit first system well thank you so much man i applaud you again for all that you do david Guys, you know what to do. Get out there, enjoy the journey, but make sure, make sure you take massive action. It's Marcus Maloney, your host of the We Love Equity Show. Thank you so much again for being loyal listeners. Thank you for listening to today's show. I picked up some great actionable items and I'm sure you did as well. If so, let me know. You can always reach me via social media at facebook.com slash Maloney. Twitter at MRCS Maloney, and of course, IG at MRCS Maloney. You can also always reach me via email at mmaloney at equityri.com. Make sure you reach out to our guest as well. You can always find their contact information in the show notes below. If you have not subscribed already, what are you waiting for? Join the family. And while you're at it, leave us a five-star review. This is how we tell if we're providing you with what you need for your journey. If there's someone you would like for me to interview, or if there's a subject matter you would like for me to cover, please let me know. Finally, if you're looking for additional information about real estate investing, go to equityrealestateblog.com, also youtube.com slash Marcus Maloney. Until next time, family, always enjoy the journey.